ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, Terramaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming on ATV Talk. I'm Leonard Duncan, and I'm here with a very special young lady. Her name is Brandy Richards. Um, no, she's not an ATV usual uh, listen or or conversation. Um, this lady comes to us from the motorcycle division of works. And when you hear her story, I think you're going to go nuts. She's fast. She's dynamic. And the boys fear her. Randy, how are you? I'm great. I'm doing great. Well, thank you for coming on the show and, and thank you for giving us your time. Uh, I know that you're busy training a lot. Um, I hear stories that, uh, why some of the guys in the construction, uh, that know you are working, you're out there turning laps and, uh, getting faster and faster. Absolutely. That's what it takes. Just fuel dedication. How long have you been riding? Um, I've been riding, uh, probably 20 years now. I'm 24. So I started riding when I was four years old. I actually, um, my dad took me to a works race in Havasu. That's what got it all started. After that, we, uh, started chasing all the works races and ever since then never quit. That's pretty awesome. So you've been racing works almost since the beginning. Pretty much the last uh, 20 years. I'd say, I think, you know, now that I think of it, that was probably the first season that they did when they came through Havasu. So I guess pretty much every season. <laughs> yeah. They started in, in 2000, uh, 2001. And then the ATV, we started with them in 2002. Nice. Yeah. I've been around yeah. a couple of days. <laughs> it's, it's since the beginning. So yeah, I think, I think, I think 20, 2001 was probably when I started. And what kind of machine did you start riding on? I started on a PW50, um, and then after that, just kind of moved my way up, rode a Cobra 50, and then actually at one point, I rode a 50, a 65, and an 85. I was, I was a little small on the 85, but I made it work. That's awesome. Well, you're not an overly large person now, are you? No, no, I'm still pretty small. I grew a little quick and then just kind of stayed the same size. Right, right. Um, so you've been racing the boys all along. You've never really not raced with them, correct? Exactly. Um, I've been racing ever since fifties. I rode, I actually have two, um, 57 to eight titles in works. And then I think I have a couple 65 titles and, and, uh, 85 titles all the way up to super minis. And, and, uh, even, I think maybe even, I don't know, sure if I've gotten a big bike 
um, title in the men's class, but definitely in the littler bikes. Nice. And how long have you been racing in the women's pro class? Um, I turned pro when I was 16. So be about eight years now. And how many times have you won that title? Um, I've won it five times. I've re- I did have a couple years that I had some injuries, so I won it my first title. And then there was a couple years that I um, had some injuries and didn't quite follow the series fully. And then I have my four consecutive all the way up to last year. Nice. Um, who's your biggest competition in that, in that group? Um, <laughs> right now, uh, I think, um, you know, all the women are pretty, are pretty close. Uh, they, uh, we've got Caitlin and Ava and, um, hopefully some, some up and comers coming up here pretty soon, but, uh, they're all pretty good. Do you race any desert stuff? Um, I raced Heron Hound for a couple years. I have a, a women's a title. And then I raced the first year they did a women's pro class at the Heron Hounds. I, I raced that and I won that. So I raced it a couple of years. I really enjoyed it. I wish I could still do it, but they're, they're a little, uh, they're over some of the works races. So I haven't been able to do any of them. Are you under contract with KTM to race works? Yeah. Works and the, uh, national grand prix championships. Which are the, which ones are those? Uh, big six. Most, mostly, most people call them big six. They're, uh, they're a GP series. Right. Right. We've raced them with the ATV stuff as well. And you race women's there or do you race with the men at, at the big six though? And that one, I just race with the women pro cause, um, we race in the, uh, the pro race with the men's pro. So I don't really get the opportunity to race with the men at that series. Do you use the men in that series as a measuring stick? A little bit because we start, um, third row right behind the uh, Tuesday pro class. So I do like catching them. <laughs> I bet. I bet. The rumor I hear from some of the men that race motorcycles is they do not want to look back and see you. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I know. I know. And I have seen some guys look back, see me, and then just try 10 times harder to stay in front of me. Well, from everything that I've heard and read, you are quite the rider. Um, I've seen some pictures and what is your driving force? What, what causes you to be able to ride a motorcycle against the men better than they do? Uh, honestly, that's a tough question because, um, honestly, I think it's just that I know that I have the talent to run with them and just knowing that no other woman is really gone as far as I have. And I really want to just kind of push that edge. Like I want women to know that it, it is possible to run with the men and, and it is a little difficult because they're a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, but, um, I know I have a better technique and just racing, just like head to head racing. I'm really good at It's like almost like a chess game. Like it's really hard. You have to like kind of read the way people are racing to get around them. And I'm, I'm pretty good at that. I would say. 
Well, that's awesome. Have have you thought about just going full time pro men and racing the men's class full time? I have. It's definitely that's definitely one of my goals. Um, I'm a little far off that because obviously you got to make money when you're racing and you got to have some way to support it. Um, you know, I think I still have a few years to do that, but it's definitely something I've looked forward to. I definitely want to race a 450. I want to be able to compete in the men's pro class is, is mostly my goal. I think you already can compete, <laughs> but, but I mean, uh, compete, like I want to be able to podium and I want to be able to, you know, ride a 450 and, and just compete in that class. So when you podiumed in the pro-am class, what machine were you riding? A 350. I just stepped up to a 350. Okay. Talk to me a little bit about that machine. Uh, it's, it's, it's good. It's been a great transition. I was on the 250 and, um, I really liked that bike, but I did feel that I had to ride it just a little too hard to get the power out of it. So we made the decision to move up to the 350, which is the same weight and everything, you know, just, just a little bit more powerful. But at the beginning, it was a little difficult because even though they're the same weight, just because it is a lot faster, you kind of, it's, it feels heavier. Like you have to hold on a little bit harder, like coming out of the corners, it pulls a little bit harder. So you, you have to have a lot more strength to um, control it. So that's been a little surprising, a little bit more difficult than I thought it was going to be. And I still do have to gain some more weight, but uh, it's been really good. It's been a great transition. Um, what, uh, what kind of mods do you do to the motor or what modifications do you run other than I see the FMF pipe? Um, you do realize that they're one of our competitors, right? Oh, really? Really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're trust me. They're a huge corporation. We build, we strictly build ATV components. They build components for everything. So um, okay. technically, we're not competitors, but you know, <laughs> I see what you mean. But yeah, I don't I don't do any mods to the motor right now. I'm just running a stock motor just with the exhaust on it, and and so far that's been pretty good. But that's kind of more just to to get used to the more power. And then eventually once I get used to what I have now, I'll, I'll probably, you know, get a little bit faster of a motor. Do you, does KTM take you out and do special uh, suspension testing or, or any, any stuff with you on that machine to make it better for you? I mean, I know that in, in cases where, you know, Ricky Carmichael, when he was riding for a couple of the factories, they would do things because he's a little shorter to help fit the machine to him. Yeah. Um, I've, we've done a little bit of testing, not too, too much. Um, a lot of suspension, I did a lot of suspension testing on my 250 and stuff. Um, the 350, not too, just a little bit. I've only gone out like one or two times, but, um, I haven't changed too much from my 250 to my 350 just because I had my 250 set up so small and the 350 is pretty much pretty much the same thing. So I've I've been pretty good with that part of the bike setup. Was because of the more power, was there uh, a little bit of difference in the way you set your suspension? 
uh, and I'm just saying that because when we take a quad and we add power to it, we have to modify the suspension because it, now it hits things harder. You're going faster. Yeah. Yeah. From, from what I know, it's all the same valving and everything, but I did have to, um, I did change a little bit in the sag and I, I have messed with some clickers. I have had to stiffen it a little bit, but other than that, I haven't drastically changed too much. Nice. And, and when you go train, um, I know I was, I was teasing about the, uh, while the construction guys are working, you're out to turning laps, uh, but I was dead serious because the individual that told me that can hear you ride while he's framing. Yep. Yep. I'm always out there. I'm, I'm out there like, you know, before I broke my wrist, I was out there, you know, four or five times uh, a week. But, uh, since then I kind of slowed down a little bit. Did you ride with a broken wrist? I've been riding. I, I, <laughs> I had my cast on for a week and a half and I ended up cutting it off. And then I had to, I've done a couple of races, just, I kind of have to race to, to, to get paid. So I've, I've been riding a little bit, but not as much as I've usually been riding. Do you do any other forms of training? I, I mountain bike a lot. That's, that's my number one training is mountain biking. I, I put so many miles on my mountain bike. In Havasu, because you live in Havasu, um, if it's okay to say that. Um, yeah, no problem. Do you do more of your um, hill, like uphill stuff, or are you doing more cross-country training? Um, we have a, a really good trail system out here at Sarah Park. It's, um, it's kind of cross-country, but there is some good like technical downhill stuff, but it, it is mostly cross-country. So you just go out there and put the miles in on the, on the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. We have, um, some really, there's probably 30 or 40 different trails out there that you can kind of just go make loops out of. So I kind of just go spend my time doing that. Nice. Do you GPS track yourself so that you can keep track of your times and things like that? I do. I, um, I, I usually record it on my watch, which kind of transfers over to Strava. So I kind of, I kind of go on that a little bit, but I have it on my Garmin a lot. I keep an eye on it. And do you just keep it all in the data system in the, in the, in the watch um, so that it keeps track of those rides? Uh, because I was doing some mountain bike where I ride the same trail over and over and over again. And I can compare all the times over and over. Um, you know, I'm a little bigger now than I was then. So <laughs> I don't, I, I don't pedal as much. Yeah. Strava, Strava does that. They're, I really like Strava because they keep tracks of your time. If you do like, um, after your fastest time, it'll tell you like, you know, this was your all time fastest or your second fastest. So I really like doing Strava on it. Beans that you're a little smaller than some of the men. Do you think that uh, or, or have you gotten into weights and training with, uh, building strength that way, or is it just mostly on the mountain bike and the, and riding is what you do? It's, it's a lot of weight training. I've been, um, last year I actually started with a new trainer, um, Jared Becker, which he also trains with, um, Taylor Robert and Dante Oliveira. So I've been really lucky to work with him. So we've been, I started out at 130 pounds with him and we've been doing 
a lot of weight training and everything throughout the year. And now I'm at 140, but I've been struggling to get over the 140. So that's, that's, that's my next goal. So at 145. So I've been working on that a lot of weight training. And pretty strict diet, I'm assuming. I'm not extremely strict, but I just, I, I try to eat as healthy as possible. I just, I have really decent eating habits, but I don't try to stick to a super strict, um, meal plan. As far as, as for all the exercise you do, you have to eat quite a bit. I can't believe you're so tiny. Yeah, I eat, I eat. Some people don't believe how much I eat. They're like, you're so skinny. You don't eat, but I, I do. I eat so much. I, I feel like I can't quite eat enough to, to keep up sometimes just to try and gain weight. Do you have a mechanic that you, that spends a lot of time with you or do you do a lot of the work yourself? Um, I do a lot of work myself. Um, I, uh, like all my practice, uh, my practice bike stuff. I do. I'm pretty set up with KTM though. They help me out tremendously. So like I have, um, a, a bike rotation. So I just get like kind of fresh bikes. They freshen them up for me. So I'm pretty lucky with that. I don't have to um, do anything drastic to kind of keep them super fresh. Is that your dog? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's going a little crazy. <laughs> I just had to ask, you know, uh, I get locked in a, in a garage to do this um, so that I don't disrupt their house or because when I was doing it in the other end of the house, I would shut the whole house down. I mean, nobody oh, yeah. could, they couldn't turn the TV up. The dogs couldn't come out of the room. I mean, my wife finally said, yeah, you're going to change this up because nobody can. One night I was, I was taping an episode and my daughter and son came home and they couldn't get in the house because they didn't want to open the door to interrupt. Oh, oh yeah. So yeah, we, uh, we, we, we had to change it up, but uh, how much focus time is there in the racing for you? Is this just what you do? Your job? That's all this, you do. That's all I do. That's all I do is focus on racing it. I mean, it hasn't always been that way. I did have to work a job for, for a few years, which is, is probably what convinced me to try and race full-time is having to work a normal job. I didn't want to do that. So, um, the last year, year and a half, two years, I've been just racing. No, no, uh, no jobs or anything, just, just racing. So that's been really nice. How involved is mom and dad? They're still really involved. They love it though. They, uh, my dad goes to every race. He pits me. He's, he's my pit guy. So, um, it's really awesome still having them involved. I know, I know they love it too. And, and they're, they're definitely a lot of help. That's awesome. You have your own place or do you live with mom and dad to make it easier? Um, I kind of live with my parents. <laughs> no, no problem. I, uh, I stay with my parents here in Havasu for winter time just cause in the summer I go to Colorado, but, um, I do like to travel. So I I'm not set on kind of staying in one place. So I just kind of stay at my parents for a little bit, but I don't, I'm not ready to stay in one place. So I'm just kind of living around. What do you go to Colorado for? Um, the riding, my best friend lives up there. So the summers up there are just incredible. Like you, there's just no place you could go. that's like that. So I go up there and it's, it's 
the greatest place ever. You're going up there for your, to be with your friends and, and have a good time and train, but yeah, mean from the elevation training, the high elevation training is, is you cannot beat it. That is, um, incredible. Like just from living in Havasu my whole life, you know, we're at like 500 feet and then going up there, we're at 8,000 feet all the time. And the first few weeks I struggle with it. No doubt. It's, it's difficult. But after, you know, I'd say like two weeks, you can really feel the difference. And if you go anywhere else, it's incredible. It's like you just you can breathe so easily. And it's just it makes it a lot easier anywhere you go. So when you come back to start to race after you've been up there for a while, how big of a gain is it when you come back down to sea level and race? It, it's tremendous. It's tremendous. It's it's such a big difference. It's, it's hard to explain. Cause it's just like you, you can just inhale so much. Like you just, you can go so much further. It's incredible. Wow. Which I've noticed from the, the training I've done with the mountain bike is that your lung capacity goes up and you can breathe so much better that it makes everything else you do better for, from weight training to uh, building your core, whatever it is you're trying to do, it gets easier because you can breathe so much better. Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. Do you, do you do any road bike stuff or is it just all mountain bike? All mountain bike. I'm not a, a huge fan of, of road biking just because of the cars. And I, I've known a few people that have been hit by cars. So I'm not a big fan of road biking. So I mostly just stick to um, mountain biking. But if I want to do, say, like some good heart rate stuff, I'll go to like um, like a fire road and just kind of follow that. Nice. Incline, flat, doesn't matter. Yeah, kind of mostly just flat or like a slight incline, just mostly something that doesn't have any downhills. Do you e-bike or use a regular bike? Um, I have an e-bike and I absolutely love it. And here in Havasu, I, I wouldn't change it for the world. I, I'd probably ride an e-bike over a regular mountain bike any day. But I did just buy a regular mountain bike again, mostly for like up in Colorado. They, they don't let e-bikes on hardly any of the trails up there. And that in Sedona and just some of the, there's a lot of places now that aren't quite accepting the e-bikes. Wow. So I had to get a bike for that. I don't understand why. I I have no clue. So I don't know. If, I I haven't really looked too far into it, but but most of the trails you go into, they're like no no pedal assist, no e-bikes. There, I I don't understand why why they don't have them. But but you can get some good tickets if you get caught out there. <laughs> it's probably something to do with traditionalism, something like that. Probably. N nobody likes change. <laughs> I, I still have a conventional pedal bike um, and I'm fighting the transition. Um, I know some of my good friends have uh, e-bikes and they love it. You know, yeah. once you get one, you can't go back They're They're so much fun. What's the big draw? I think well, so it's just like mountain biking, but just just faster, just more high speed. So it's like you're just like trail riding. And um my bike, um, when I'm training, I just kind of turn it 
down lower to like eco or a tour mode. But when I just want to go have fun or just like do a recovery ride, I turn it on turbo and it's just like trail riding. You can trail ride just kind of everywhere. You can't take a dirt bike. So it's, um, <laughs> that's, that's what gets me. That's what I got it for. That's awesome. Uh, I mean, that's awesome. Uh, I rode with a small group of people and they all went e-bikes and now I can't even, I can't even keep up. So I don't even try. Yeah. <laughs> guys go right on ahead. I'm going to do my thing. You know, I'll be right, right back here. I don't ride enough to be as powerful as I used to be. Um, I mean, when I used to ride with the group, uh, I could hang, but, or, or lead. And now, yeah, I'll just fit in where I fit in and you guys go do your thing. Yeah. Got a couple more gray hairs now. And, uh, I rode motorcycles and ATVs for a, a long, a lot of years and fared really well as far as the injuries went. I mean, I did some shoulder damage in 2004, um, and not because of the machine, but because of my stubbornness, not wanting to go to the doctor. That's why I have problems today, but all the scars I have on my face on other parts of my body all come from downhill mountain biking. Oh, you know, I mean, come on. I, for a while there, I couldn't go downhill without falling off. Really? didn't I didn't matter slow fast didn't matter I was going down um and I finally just got sick and tired of crashing and 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 now when I crash it's because I do something stupid or or try something that I shouldn't you know but for a while there dude I just couldn't keep it on its wheels so I was just oh this is horrible Jeez. I, I had a fork failure oh yeah I had a set of foxes and and uh I went to the shop to to find out how long it would take to get the seals replaced. And they said, yeah, you're going to be down, you know, three to four weeks. And I'm like, what? What? And he, and he goes, oh, it doesn't look like it's leaking too bad. I think you could, I think you could uh, continue to ride. So the next day I go out and I go through a ravine, uh, you know, like the bottom of a Creek, a dry Creek. Yeah. It wasn't very far apart. So you, use the full it goes through the full travel well they stuck into the rubber pieces on the bottom and drove me right into the other side of the bank you know and i was wearing oakley uh glasses yeah two slots down the side of my nose you know the scars (laughs) i mean you know the drill you've 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 done it all so yeah it's a lot of fun i wouldn't change it for the world so let's get a little bit back to works and you've been around there a long time. So you've raced a lot of different places. What are your top three? Like, um, your favorite places to go race. Favorite places that they've been over the years. Um, uh, number one, I would definitely say honey Lake. Honey Lake is just incredible they don't go there no more i'm pretty sad about that but honey lake was is definitely number one um they used to back in the day they used to go to texas and i'm not sure which part of texas we went one time that was a long time ago i was probably on like 50s or 65 so that was i do remember that one that one was a really fun one and then i did say two years ago when we went to um Washington. That was a really fun one. We did the, it was like a week two. it was two rounds. So it was like a week long thing. That yeah, they had us separated at that point. Where, where did they take you? They took us to, um, 
I want to say it was it was the Stradaline one. Did they think it was Stradaline or Washougal? No, it was, just, it was definitely Stradaline. Definitely wasn't Washougal. I'm pretty sure it was Stradaline. Nice. Uh, I raced Stradaline in 1986 on a three-wheeler. On a three-wheeler. Nice. I'm old enough to be your grandfather. <laughs> Maybe, maybe not, but I, I have children older than you. Okay. I have a grandchild of 12. So that just tells you oh, I'm up there. Okay. Um, not that that matters, but yeah, in 86, we raced in a national at Stradaline. And when we went back with the work series, it was a pretty awesome thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love Stradaline. So where does Havasu rank for you? Havasu is definitely one of my favorites. It, it's, it's, um, I always do really good at it. And, and you know, the hometown race, you just, you just can't be, you can't be, it's, it's, it's up there. It's definitely up there. <laughs> There's a lot of people that hate Havasu. I know everyone, everyone, everyone always tells me how much they don't like it, but I'm like, wow, I don't understand why you can't like it. It's just that it's a little sandy, but it's a, it's a fun crack. For an ATV, it's brutal. I, I could only imagine. I mean, just flat brutal. And I'm the kind of rider that I'm not a 15-minute moto guy or a moto, moto guy where I can go out for short spurts. I'm the pounded out. You know, that's, the longer it goes, the better it's going to be for me because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gain my momentum and my strength from the duration of the time, you know, you just get into your rhythm and you just start pounding it out. Um, so I like the longer races, you know, desert races were always funner for me because you're spending more time, you're riding, you're getting, you get relaxed, you get comfortable and you get into it. Yeah. So moto was never my thing. I like the off-road and Havasu was always a blessing for me because everybody hated it. And I'm like, great, let's go to Havasu. It's rougher the better. It evens the playing field. And all you fast all you fast guys, you're gonna slow down because you're gonna beat your burn yourself out on lap two. And I'm gonna roll by and wave as we go by and and and, and have a good finish. I, I won Havasu the my last year of racing. It, it was actually the only race that I won the whole year. Oh, really? Yep. And I retired that year. I, I won my championship and I retired and, uh, it was awesome. You know, nice. I raced Havasu. I won it too. So, I mean, it's, it's, um, I like Havasu. I really like Havasu. Um, That's good. Mechanic, all the riders that I've worked with have had success there too. All right. So you got good luck in Havasu. Oh yeah. If you want to, you want to take a place, like if I got to pick, yeah, go, let's go to Havasu, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my our home track for me is Glen Helen. Oh, Glen Helen's a good one. But I'm, um, you know, it's home. It's three hours from me, but it's still what they consider our home track. And it's the last place I want to go. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Um, never had, never had amazing success there. We've won a few races there throughout the years, but there's always some type of nagging little thing that happens. You know, I was Mike Sloan's mechanic and he was racing. He hadn't went pro yet. He was racing pro-am. He had an undefeated season going. He's leading the last race or next to the last race. And 
hits a rock and blows the caliper and rotor apart. Uh, didn't didn't end up ending his race. It very well could have, um, but he lost the rear brakes, so he had to slow down, and he ended up getting beat. So uh, his perfect season was over. Yeah, he hadn't lost a race all year. Nobody'd even come close to him. I think he had a two minute lead at the point when he did it. And, you know, it was long enough into the moto that they could, they really men slowly. Uh, I think yeah. we hit stop, you know, to check the rear end, see if I could fix it. And, and, um, I've had a few issues with a couple other pro guys, you know, where they, they just had little issues. I had one guy overheat, you know, his, he overheated, not the bike heated. Oh. oh, yeah. And, um, so uh, I've just always had some nagging little issue to go on there uh, where another rider would take a guy out, you know, and you, you lose because of that or just something stupid would always happen at, 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 at Glen Ellen. So yeah. when we, when, if we didn't go there, I'd be okay. You know, <laughs> but Havasu is the place I had great success at Honey Lake as well. You know, I, really? I, I like that place. Um, That's a fun place. Yeah. My brother, my son didn't like it too much. Uh, he was leading a race there and, and had an electrical problem. You know, had it, had it won. He was, I think he lapped his whole class, but because he got towed in, they, they DNF'd him. Oh, yeah. Yep. So if you were going to go and race the top five women that you could find, who would they be and where would you want to race them? And you can't pick Havasu. Like in the world, like any woman in the world. Yep. Cause I know there's been some pretty fast gals out there. Um, let's see. I'd probably pick, um, man, Taylor Jones, definitely be one of them. Uh, trying to think Lia Sands. She's really fast. I haven't gotten to race her too, too much. Um, trying to think of the names. Jordan Jarvis. Is that, is that four? Is that four of them? Yep. Um, hmm. Fifth one. Oh, uh, I'd really like to race um, Courtney Duncan. She races MXGPs. I'd really like to race her. Nice. Um, let's try to think. Where should I go? Where would I go? Somewhere with sand. I love sand. <laughs> A mesquite. You know what? I would go to mesquite. That really? would definitely be. That's one place I, I, I absolutely love, and I always uh, ride really well there. So. Mesquite, if we did a full GP course, that would be perfect. Moto GP or like a, uh, or like a works GP. Like a works GP. Uh, bring them into your world, right? Oh. So out of all the women that you race against, who do you fear? I, I can't tell you that I fear anyone. That's, that's the answer I was looking for. <laughs> you seem very confident and sure of yourself. Absolutely. You, you kind of have to be. So I'm going to put you on the spot here and I want you to take me through the race and you know, which race I'm talking about. 
Which race? The podium race. The race that got you in in the the view, which caught my eye and and a, and a, and a, a lot of other people's eye. I want to go through that day, that race, and break it down for me. The entire day. Well, so to start off the day before in the the qualifying race, women's pro race, I went down the first half lap. I hit a, one of the only tree branches on the whole race. I hit it and, and just in a bad spot, went over the bars. And um, I didn't know it at the time, but I did break break my wrist in that wreck. So after that race, um, I knew my wrist was pretty hurt. Like can't, couldn't quite put too much pressure on it, but I didn't really want to think about it being broken. I was kind of like, no, it's just, just sprain. It's just sprain. But, um, so that morning I just kind of taped it up. I iced it all night because it was pretty swollen, but I just taped it up. And then I, uh, I biked the track a little bit to see what they prepped and what they didn't prep, which they prepped a, a lot of it, but there were a couple good sections that they didn't prep that were really gnarly. And then, um, just kind of got ready, iced my wrist all the way up till, till we got ready to go on the line. And then I'm in my head, I was just kind of thinking to, to sprint the first hour and just kind of get a good spot and see how long my wrist lasts or how you know, I had no idea how it was going to feel or, or how long, you know, if it was going to hurt, if this is going to, you know, if I was going to be able to hold on. So when we started, my bike didn't start right away off the start. So I was dead last, completely dead last. Everyone was like in the first corner when my bike started and I started going, but I caught up pretty quick and, uh, I was moving my way through the Packed the first the first lap, and uh, I was pretty far up. And then I kind of got together with a guy, installed my bike, and then fell back a little bit. So I um, moved forward a little bit, and uh, second lap just kept pushing. And I think it was the third lap. Me and Alex Morgan started battling for. I want to say it was for third, and we were we were literally side by side for like a good two or three laps just battling kind of back and forth. So that, that was incredible. That was like the highlight of the race. So I got in front of him for a few laps and then I just like, so I was probably like an hour in and at that hour, I just like my wrists, it was, it was numb for the first hour. And then once the numbness went away, it was, that was when the pain sinked in. And then it was just, I couldn't even, I couldn't touch my clutch. I couldn't pull my clutch in at all. So that was, a little difficult, not too much. You just kind of had to carry your speed everywhere. But that last hour was just like survival. I was just kind of, you know, just trying to stay in front of, I think we had a pretty good gap on Well, I was technically, I was technically in fourth, but fifth, I had a pretty good gap on and I kind of just stayed there for the, the rest of the race and just kind of held on the last lap was like felt like forever I was just like it's just gonna end but um yeah technically I did finish fourth technically but um the I want to say it was the first place guy got disqualified for um missing some arrows I think I want to say it was for so that put me in the third but I was I was pretty stoked on that 
So technically you got third because when somebody gets DQ'd, they get DQ'd and yeah. they didn't race. Yeah. So yeah, so I, I did get third, but so Alex and you are friends? Yeah, we actually grew up together. We grew up, he lived um just a couple streets down. So we hung out like every day when we were kids. Nice. And how how is he to you? How is he? With we're, you? we're good. We're, um, we had a, he was really, uh, a really clean rider, really clean to race with. He did it. He was really good. You know, sometimes you, you sometimes you get some people that are a little uh, dirty, but he was, uh, he was really good. He's really good to battle with. So do you think the egos of some of the men that you race against, uh, cause them to be a little more aggressive at times? A little bit. Um, I couldn't, particularly give you um, a situation but i i do know like a little bit over the past years i'm just like i know that some of them just kind of stuff me a little bit or you know just push you a little bit wider um and i know it's because it's just me <laughs> so do you do the do you return the favor oh yeah absolutely i think i think those boys know i don't play around I'll, I'll, if they don't get out of the way if they want to play games i'll just put them down really yeah so what's what's your best move? Um, I I got really good block passes. I'm really good at block passes. When when you think about racing, do you get tactical in your mind before the event and before you go out? Are you I mean, what are you doing to to bring yourself to a higher education in the racing form? Do you watch videos? Do you just uh, picture it in your mind? Um, you understand what I'm trying to ask here? I follow like pretty much every type of dirt bike racing. Like I watch a lot of supercross and motocross. I love watching supercross because they like their passes. They really have to like really think about it. So I watch a lot of, um, supercross and motocross and MXGP. And, um, I do watch a little bit of like hard enduro stuff. Um, just kind of everything. A lot of Enduros. I like to watch, um, just like the way they pick their lines or how they set up passes and just kind of the way they, they look at things, the way they're going around the track, just trying to, to get a better idea of, you know, what you can work on or what you could try. Who's your mentor? Mentor. I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to say that I have a mentor. Um, okay. I mean, let me, let me phrase it this way. didn't mean to interrupt you. Sorry. Um, who do you go to if you are stumped with a, a, a racing scenario, um, to get advice from? Um, I do have my MX coach, Justin Buckaloo. He's, he's trained me ever since I was probably 10 years old. I've, I've trained with him for the probably last, um, 12, 15 years. And, um, he's definitely the one that I go to if, if I'm struggling to, um, like with my technique or, or passing, or if I feel like I need to work on, um, my intensity, I definitely go to him. Um, if I'm at a race and I'm struggling with like line choice or something, 
I would um, just go kind of watch Taylor Robert or, you know, talk to him about what he's doing or just kind of just, just follow his liners or just see what he's doing. Cause he's, he's like incredible fine choice. I, I always try to follow him. He is a pretty amazing writer, isn't he? He is. I, I get to watch a little and I'm highly impressed. I, I liked, I really liked watching Caselli ride. I, I love to watch Caselli ride. That guy's just absolutely incredible. Poetry in motion. I mean, mm-hmm. I've grown up through the years watching specific motorcycle guys uh, because I enjoy motorsports in general. And I would have to say Caselli's probably one of the all-time greats. I mean, he may not have had the titles, may not have you know been in the limelight and supercross and stuff, but what that man could do on a motorcycle um, is just amazing. Just sheer amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you get to watch certain people and they're just, I just don't know how they do it. I just don't have any idea how they do it. So say Taylor is, is, is probably taking over Caselli's spot, you know, which maybe there's a little bit of Caselli's spirit there for him. You know, um, we all, we all lost that day. Yeah. What, uh, what are your future goals? I know that you want to keep racing. I know that you want to beat the men. Um, oh, before I get into that, I wanted to ask you when you talk with Taylor, how, how much mutual respect does he have? Because I know from people that I've spoken to all of the men respect you. So what's it like champion to champion when you guys sit down and start talking? Um, it's good. I, I definitely think he, he has a lot of respect for me just because he, when he talks to me, he doesn't have any doubt that I can't do something like, like when he talks about his lines or what he's trying to do, he doesn't think that, that I couldn't do them. So I definitely think he has a lot of respect for me. That's awesome. That's awesome. Did you ride the, uh, uh, prim race where they went over the concrete barriers? I did. I did. How did that go for you? Not, not, not very good. Not as good as I thought it as I would have liked to it have gone. Um, the day before the race, we got to, um, try them out and just kind of practice them. And, um, I did try it. I did fall right on my butt and it, and it wasn't fun and it was a little painful, but I did have to go around them that route. So they were tall. I made it over the first one, which was kind of, I think they were, they had some dirt up to them, but they were like more of like a normal size K rail. And the second one was an extra large K rail. It was like almost to my shoulders. So I I didn't quite make it over that one. I was close, I guess, but I'm, I'm working on it. Do you have to do any special bike prep for something like that? Um, for like the pro sections, like that kind of stuff for going over a K rail. Isn't that hard on the machine? Oh yeah. I, um, just that one or two times that I tried to go over it, I put a massive dent in the bottom of my frame. So (laughs) I couldn't imagine all the guys that were going over it every single lap. Like I'm, I mean, your skid plate can only do so much. So I'm sure it's, it was pretty hard on their bikes too. 
I, I know that uh, in some of the pro sections they made for uh, the ATVs, I just would just be pissed because you're not the guy that has to fix that machine after this race. I mean, you're just yeah. destroying the bike. Yep. Yeah. Our, um, we had a pro section at prim the last time we went there, it was, um, the big rocks. We had like, we had a downhill rock section, which wasn't too bad, but the second rock section they sent us through was like, um, it was kind of like up and halfway and then you turn and came back down and it wasn't too bad. The first hour but after that it's like all the rocks started moving there's some got some like just like big holes so my bike just i fell the last two or three laps in it and just the three four three times i fell like just destroyed my bars were all bent my radiators were all bent <laughs> it was a pretty beat up man thank god you got a factory ride right <laughs> pretty close do do you have you ridden any other models besides the ktms I don't want to put you on the spot for sponsorship thing. If, if it's something you prefer not to answer, don't. No, I mean, I haven't, not recently. I haven't ridden any bikes um, other than a KTM recently. But before I rode a KTM, I rode um, a Yamaha. I actually rode, <laughs> I had a, uh, a 450 WR Yamaha. So I rode that. I did like the Yamahas, but they're a little wider for me. I do like the KTM because they're a little bit thinner, a little bit lighter, a little bit more agile. That's awesome. Well, my inside, my inside to you and some of the things is, is Travis Damon. Oh, I figured, I figured, I figured, I knew that was the guy that can hear me at race or out, out doing my laps. He's jealous. He wishes he was out riding instead of framing. I'm sure. I'm sure. He said, he, he says occasionally you guys get to go um, trail ride and, and every once in a while you'll train together. Yeah. Yeah. We, we do. Sometimes we did, um, a really cool trail ride last year, um, when COVID hit and, um, it was like all the way to the top of the mountains here in Havasu. And it was, it was like a seven hour long ride. It was probably one of the coolest rides I've ever done. That's awesome. Did you, did you, was there a gas stop somewhere in the middle? No, no, it was, um, super technical. So, so getting up to the very top of the mountain was only like 10, 10, maybe 15 miles. And then we just dropped down the backside and went around, which was another like 20 miles. So it was only about 35, 40 miles by the end of it. So we didn't really need gas. That long on the machine. Yeah. It was a, it was a long one. It was like, um, almost like a hard enduro. So we did a lot of, uh, pushing our bikes up hills. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Have you ever thought of doing a, a, something like the Dakar? I have. Um, I've definitely thought about it. Those I've heard the cars are just insane. So I, I would like to try it probably a little bit when I'm a little bit older, but, um, it's definitely something I've, I've looked at. It's, it's the most, it's the worst thing you can do, but it's so cool. I bet. Well, KTM's got it down. So if you're with KTM and you go, uh, you're going to experience something at a much higher level than everybody else does. When I went, um, I've got to go three times as a mechanic and, and, uh, you know, we were coming in late, we're on a quad so that, you know, 500 people have already used the showers before you get there. Aww. Some of the food is, is not, 
is not what I would eat. Um, so you have to, you have to be careful, um, what you, what you will and won't eat. And, um, every year I went, I got sick, but I didn't, I wasn't able to, I wasn't able to do anything, but keep working. Yeah. So it's an amazing experience. Uh, when I got home, they asked me, you know, would you go again? And I, I, I still have my hands haven't healed. I'm still sick. And, you know, I'm just getting clean from not showering. I'm like, no, nah, I don't think I'll ever do that again. <laughs> two weeks later. And I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to go back. That was, that was awesome. You know, and they, what's yeah. wrong with you? And I go, uh, I'm sick, I guess, you know, <laughs> have you got to do Baja? I have not. I haven't done Baja either. How about best in the desert? Uh, not, no, no best in the deserts. You need to, you need to jump on one of those teams and do some of that. I think you would probably excel at it. Yeah, I, I know I'd do good at it. Um, I just, I've got so much I'm focusing on right now that I, well, I race all the GPs here. And then I also race, um, ISDE. So that's, that's, that's a handful. That's, that's a handful of training for. So that's, that's, that's really what I, I look forward to. What are the ISDEs like? They're, they're incredible. They're, they're kind of like how you say with the car, they're they're the whole time you're there, you're just like almost miserable, but everything's so neat. Like my first year, the first year I went, I went to France Mm -hmm. and that was my first time out of the country. So that was uh, interesting. And I actually got food poisoning from the plane ride over. So I was sick for like, um, the first four days I had food poisoning. So we were actually driving around, um, trying to walk all the tests. So that, that was pretty miserable. I, I'd have to say that was miserable. Just food poison. I was throwing up all the time. Every time we got in the car, I'd throw up. It was terrible. Uh-huh. But, um, and then the whole week, um, racing is, is incredible because our transfers, you see some really cool stuff. Like the riding is incredible. And, and some of the best riding I've ever done has been at ISDE. <laughs> but it's, it's so much time on the bike and it's, it's a lot of miles. So you're like beat up the whole, the whole time you're doing it. But when you get done, it's just like the most incredible feeling. Like I I do it again every time. Do you have to race with the men? Or are you, or, I know it's mostly a rate you're racing against the clock, but do they have a men's division and a women's division or is it just all everybody races one division? Um, I'm actually on the, um, the women's trophy team. So it's, it's me and, um, two other women for, for USA. And then, um, we just compete against the, the, all the other women teams. How do you guys match up? Um, the first year I went, um, in France, we took second. And then in, when we went in Chile, we took second again. And then, the last year that we did it in Portugal, we actually, um, we won. So that, that one was a good one. That's pretty awesome. That is really awesome. What do you think of Chile? Chile? Um, it was interesting, very beautiful country, very beautiful country. Cause we were, we were right on the water, um, right on the ocean. That was, that was incredible. Very beautiful. A lot of people, a lot of nice people. Um, there were sections that were a little sketchy, but overall it was a, it was a really good country and I loved it. I love Chile. 
I, that's when I want to take my wife to Valparaiso. It's a little city right on the coast. And it's a, they say it's a lot like San Diego, as far as the weather goes. I just think the water there is bluer than anywhere I've ever seen. I mean, it's so, so clean and so awesome. I just, I really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, France, I've never, I've went to France quite a few times. Not one of my favorite places. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't like it too, too much. Um, you know, some of the countryside's not bad. Um, and I've had, I have some really nice people I've met in France, but I've also met some people that are just really, yeah, weren't the greatest, you know, <laughs> have you got to go, where else have you got to go in, in Europe? Um, in Europe, well, I guess where the only other place I've been to is, um, Portugal, which is, um, where we went, that wouldn't be Europe though, would it? Not really. Uh, yeah. No. It's a European continent. Uh, do you guys didn't get to go travel around and check anything out when you were over there? Um, not, not too, too much. We, um, we were there for like two weeks and the first week we spend walking all the tests. So, I mean, we do get to see a lot of, um, just kind of, you know, the land out there, but we don't get, we only get like one day or so to go travel and sightseeing and, and stuff. But, but all the stuff that we see, you know, while walking and riding that that's what makes it that's that stuff's incredible. It is. It is. You get to see things that the tourists will never see. Yep, exactly. That's what I liked about being at Dakar. You travel portions of those countries that tourists will never go and you see things that the tourists will never, I mean, I did, I seen things in, in Argentina and Chile had no idea why they did what they did, but you know, that's the way the, the country worked. And, and these places were awesome. Uh, I tell stories to people about it and they're like, uh, they try to figure it out and there's no, there's no reference. You can't go to Google and figure it out because nobody, nobody knows about it. Nobody looks at it. Nobody sees it. Uh. Um, it, it, it's awesome. You need to tell your booking agent when you go to give you a couple days to go check something out. I know. I know. We, I would, we're going, we're supposed to be going to, um, Italy this year, as long as everything goes as planned. Um, so I'm, I'm stoked about that. We're going to have to, we're going to have to do some sightseeing there. Um, Northern or Southern. Honestly, I have, I have no idea. I haven't even looked at the, where the location's at. Okay. Well, it, it, Northern Italy is awesome and Southern Italy is awesome. So you can't go wrong. <laughs> that sounds perfect. Uh, the food is incredible. Um, the people, you know, the people in most countries, you know, uh, have been incredible that I've met to South America to me is probably um, probably the, the most amazing people I've ever met next to going with my wife to her home city in Guadalajara. When I go with my wife places down South, it's, it's pretty incredible the way they treat me and her and, and they just welcome me in, even though I don't, I don't speak Spanish. My wife is, you know, that's her first language. Uh, English is her second. And, 
I'd sit and listen to conversations that I didn't catch a word, you know, and, and the people just are, are so warm and, and take such good care of you. Um, and you eat so good. Oh, the food is just incredible. Um, I, I don't like fish and I've eaten some stuff in Chile because there's a lot of fish. You eat a lot of fish there. And I didn't know that. And I ate some fish dishes that I thought, Hey, that was pretty good. Don't tell me what it was. I don't want to know. You know yeah. I'm having a feeling that it was fish, but I don't want to know. <laughs> so I really want to thank you so much for taking the time with me. Um, you are much more dynamic than I expected. Um, way more confident than I expected. And I will be following your career from here on out. So you have another fan. Awesome. Awesome. I'm sure you have a lot of them that you don't even realize you do. And, and, uh, I'm all for putting it on all of them because I think somebody needs to put those boys in their place because most of them are too big for their britches anyways. Absolutely. They sure are. <laughs> so, um, make sure that, uh, when you get up there, um, you know, make them pay make them pay, you know, I will, uh, I want to see you in the pro class too, because, um, that will be a, that'll be a pretty awesome thing as well. And, and if your career law is long enough, you'll get your time in the desert. Most, most, uh, aggressive riders like yourself, when you get a little older and you roll into the desert, your desert career will be as dynamic as your off-road career because uh, you'll be fast. You'll be faster than the desert racers because desert racers don't attack the terrain the same way as motocross or because you have a lot of moto in you. Uh, they, they just ride differently, especially in the ATV world. Um, the motocross guys that transition into it are faster than the desert guys. And I'm not taking anything away from the desert guys. So please don't get mad at me. If, if you're listening to this, you guys are phenomenally fast. You know, uh, I have, I'm a huge fan of, uh, of quite a few of those guys that, that go so fast. You just, you can't do on a motorcycle what they do and it, it be real. You know, I mean, you know, you do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, how many times have you gone through a section and go, wow, I just did that. <laughs> Too many to count, honestly. You know, and then all the pain and all the soreness and all that other stuff, it's all worth it because uh, it, when you get to the end of the road and, 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 and you're laying on the bed and, and it's it, it, God's punching your ticket, you're going to be like, I had a good run down here. Now let's go do it up there. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. I really appreciate your time and everybody. This is Brandy. She's amazing. You need to follow her at work racing. She's a multi-time woman pro champion and um, look her up. uh, Tell her how good she is. Follow her. Um, I'm sure she has an Instagram. Yeah, it's uh, Brandy Richards 198. There you go. And yeah, I'm sure you could find her on Facebook and, um, good luck with KTM and FMF and, and all your sponsors and, uh, make sure you thank your mom and dad for all the great things that they do for you because without them, none of this would be possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, we got to give a special shout out to Randy. Because he made this happen. Um, yep. 
Randy. Yeah. You know, I mean, he asked me three times, are you sure you want to talk to her? And I go, yes, she rides a motorcycle. And I go, I know. And I said, she got on the podium with the boys. Come on, let me talk to her. You know, I, I don't know how he presented it to you. Uh, he actually, he, he talked to my dad. He didn't quite see me, but he, he had talked to my dad and then my dad had talked to me about it. And I said, of course. That's awesome. I really appreciate it. Um, I know I'm an ATV guy and, and I know you guys think we ride couches, but, um, they're a little harder to ride than, than you think, but, uh, maybe we'll get you on a quad one day and try it out. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. You have a great night and thank you so much for uh, coming on ATV talk. And I want to invite you back. Um, maybe at the end of the year, or maybe, uh, after you come back from ISDE, you could hit me up and, uh, tell me all about that. And we could talk about it. Absolutely. I'd love that. Well, I would too. You, you, uh, definitely a lot of fun to talk to and you have an amazing career and I hope that it goes on for a long, long time for you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We're going to, we're going to let you go here. I'm sure you need your rest and, uh, well, it's not too late there in Arizona. So, you know, you got to get training and, and get yourself healthy and ready. Uh, when's the next race? Um, the next one is the works have to race here in a couple weeks. All right. Well, you better train hard cause it's going to start to get warm. Oh yeah. It's going to be rough. Oh yeah. It's getting warm here real quick. <laughs> awesome. Young lady. You have a great night. Okay. Everybody, I want to welcome back Brandy Richards to ATV Talk. Um, she has some big news and some big things happen in history last weekend. And Brandy, take it away. Oh, uh, a pretty good, pretty good weekend last week. This last weekend, uh, I went into Saturday pretty good. Um, got third overall in the the A race, and then um, Sunday uh, to the very feeling pretty good, and ended up taking the win. So in the pro-am class, you're not excited about it at all. Let's, <laughs> let's control the enthusiasm here. Um, so let's go play by pay, play for the start. For the start. Yeah. Um, start was great. Bike started right away. Uh, got off a uh, whole shot is pretty close into the, the first corner, but I uh, got the whole shot. Um, got past a little bit first, first lap by a couple guys, two or three guys. And then, um, uh, I just kind of tried to stay as close to them as possible. And, uh, about half hour in or so they started making mistakes. So I kind of noticed that. So I just tried to stay right there and keep pushing them all the way through. And, um, me and Evan were battling for quite a while. We actually pitted the exact same lap and everything. So we were just going the, the whole way battling. And then, uh, about, hour hour 45 well 40 minutes in or so 20 minutes left i uh, i ended up making the pass on him and then after that i didn't see him i just kind of just just pushed it the last 20 minutes to get away did you know you were in the lead i did i knew we were kind of, we were battling for the lead i knew um for the whole time we we're we we're the top we were the top two people so i knew if i just pushed him just tried to get him to uh get a little tired so I can kind of break away at the end. So that was kind of the whole plan. Do you think he cracked under the pressure? 
Uh, I think so. I, uh, so I passed him one time about an hour in and he kind of stayed right with me and just kind of battling with me, trying to pass me back. So after that, I let him back by and, and, um, just kind of stayed pushing him and pushing him. So about to when we had the 20 minutes left, when I passed him that time, he, I never, I never heard him or nothing. He just kind of just fell off pretty quick, but I, I was pushing pretty hard. That's pretty amazing. You made history and yep. I don't, I don't think your history making days are over. Absolutely not. I am. I am so impressed. So what is, what have the sponsors said and what did the, your fellow racers say? Oh, uh, you know, everyone's uh, extremely stoked for me. I've had a lot of people calling me and, and tell me how, uh, how awesome it is, how proud they are of me. And, and, uh, just a lot of, uh, on social media, a lot of people posting stuff about how cool it is and uh, a lot of great feedback. I've had a lot of people uh, contacting me and it's been awesome. Well, the month of March for works is the month of history because you know that Tori Matisic podiumed in the, in the pro-am for the ATVs for the first time in history as well. Um, so we're thinking maybe April that she'll take home a win. Um, yeah, that'd be really cool to see. Oh, it'd be your lady's year, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. <laughs> That's so awesome. I'm so awesome. I'm so pumped for you. Um, but I really want to know when you got to stand out, stand on the podium with the, with your fellow racers, how did the, how did the guys treat you? Oh, they're, they're extremely re- respectful. Um, Alex came over and talked to me. Uh, I didn't see him the whole race. So we were kind of just asking each other how our race went and, uh, you know, what, what we had gone through. And, uh, Evan, um, came over and told me good job. We were, we were talking a little bit, but, uh, they're extremely respectful. I mean, that's, I'm sure they're a little bummed, but, uh, you know, it, it happens. Well, it's not the first time you've beat most of them though, correct? Right. Yeah. So you've, you've beat the field at different times through the years, but this is the first time you put it all together to take the win. Yes. Yeah. Did you know when you left the line, what the day was was holding for you? Um, not exactly. I mean, I was hoping I had a, a, I was looking forward to a podium. That was what I was really working, working on. But I knew if, if I got a great start and it was a possibility to win. That's so awesome. I could tell by the smile. You're still stoked. Absolutely. What did KTM say? Oh, uh, they were, they were stoked. They're, they're pretty happy with it. They were pretty happy with how I rode and everything. They're just, they're looking for more. I agree. Uh, you, you have just raised the bar on yourself and you don't even know it because Absolutely. Now every, every time you go to the line on the pro-am, I'm expecting to see this result. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm expecting it now too. So, you know, that first one's always the hardest one. So uh, I'm hoping more to come after this. Do you think that it's because it's your home track in Havasu that it's the reason that that you did it? Or do you think that um, it was just your day? Um, I mean, to an extent, yes, just because I ride so much sand and, and just stuff that's this so much similar to it. And, you know, hometown track, you know, you, all your friends and stuff there. But, um, you know, I do feel like I could do that at, at, at any track. That's awesome. And what's next for you? 
Um, yeah, we're just getting ready for, for more racing. Really. We've got, um, the big six twenty nine palms coming up here in a few weeks. And then another works race, which is, which is at Taft. So, so Taft should be a good one. I'm looking forward to that. Is because the difference in the contrast in the two venues, um, and Taft is much faster. Um, how does that play in for you? Um, it's a little different. I have to ride a lot more like high speed and hard pack stuff. Um, especially with the speed because you have to, your brain just kind of has to get used to going that fast. And I've just been riding like tight sand tracks. So I got to get out there and ride some high speed, fast roads. Well, yeah, you better get on it because I think, I think you just put a target on your back and you don't even know it. Oh, without a doubt. I know, I know without a doubt those guys hate getting beat by me. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm ecstatic for you. And uh, I hated getting beat by the girls too, but I'm extremely excited for you just as well as I'm extremely excited for Tori. And I just want to say again, thank you so much for coming on ATV Talk. This is an update to your episode so that everybody knows they've listened to the whole episode and we're plugging this in at the, at the end on the backside. Um, uh, you know, I don't know how exactly we're going to play it yet, but, uh, we're going to put you in, in April, April 23rd, to be exact. That's where your episode's going to drop. I know I'm not supposed to tell you this stuff on why we're taping, but you know what, it is what it is. Um, so be ready. We'll ask you for some things. Um, and, uh, we'll be in touch and I hope you'll be in touch with us. Um, I'm so excited for you and I'm excited for your career and you just keep working hard girl. Cause next thing you're going to be doing is taking the pro podium. Absolutely. That's, that's the goal. That's the main goal. That's, that's where I want to be. Well, there you go. Uh, I'm I'm stoked for you. And thanks for coming on ATV Talk and giving us the update. And uh, congratulations to you and your team. And uh, please reach out to us as your as things happen for you and and how everything unfolds. Because I want to know. Because I'm now a huge fan. Absolutely good to have you as a fan. <laughs> well, my honor, young lady. Uh, you keep doing it, and uh, we'll keep putting you on the show. And uh, keep promoting you as best we can. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for the update. You have a, you have a great one and good luck in the, in 29 Palms is one of my favorite places to go. I've never gotten to race there, but as a really taking people to race there, we've always had stellar success. Nice. No, I missed racing there by one year. Darn. It's, it's a good place. I like it. Uh, it's fast, my, very fast. My kind of, it's my kind of terrain, the way the track rolls out and everything. I think I would have done well there, but Hey, you know what? You, you get a little older, you, you turn some wrenches, you do what you got to do, right? Yep. <laughs> I'll just cheer you on to go win another one. All right. All right. All right, kid. We'll see you later. Have a great one. And thanks for the update. All right. Thank you. You too. Have a good day. Bye. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. Brought to you by Take-Two Custom Tees. Screen printing experience that is dedicated to quality and customer service every time. 
San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industry building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.